0: Welcome to the AR Design Unholstered podcast with myself, Alex Casa, and on episode three, today's guest is Ethan Suplee. So how you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm all right. Nice meeting you
1: finally. Yeah, this is like a as close to a real like conversation as people have in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Thank God, uh, life is somewhat resuming.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you got it worse. You're in California.
1: We had it. Yeah, I think worse than anyone. We we've been. Uh, it's been it's been wild. You know, when I have a kid who goes to school in New York and um, for how bad they got hit versus how bad we got hit when New York was fully open before we
0: were, it was a surprise. Absolutely, dude. We, since April of last year, New Hampshire's been pretty normal. Like restaurants were at 50% capacity by I think May or June. And then uh, we didn't have a mask ordinance all the way till September, November. So you could just like do your own thing um it was like masks in restaurants only yeah so i I really feel bad for the rest of the country nothing's really felt like it's changed here other than people wearing masks occasionally in public and in supermarkets and stuff and no one's dropping like flies you know but right yeah you got it pretty hard and right when you're kind of getting into your whole shooting uh, i really
1: well you know strangely enough uh what happened was and i think it was actually pretty pretty cool um there were some courses I had scheduled throughout 2020. Um, and, and those just got shut down and dudes weren't coming, certainly weren't coming to California to do courses for a while. Um, but USPSA was still happening. And so I just was like, well, I'll go do that because that's, I just treated that like training, you know? Um, which was a lot of fun. It also ate up a lot of ammo, which then became impossible to get. And so it was kind of a tough thing to get into, but I, I wasn't, uh, listen, I'm not, I'm a big dude and I, and I was much bigger at a time, but I'm not and have never been fast. Um, so I would literally go in there and go like, I just want to get a hits um you know and and the gamers would be like a d is okay if you're going at light speed and i'd be like yeah but i don't want to get a d i'm just gonna go my speed and try to get a hits and and treated treated uspsa as though it was uh training which was pretty
0: cool that's awesome i'm the same way man i shoot prs uh competitively so precision rifle series bolt guns with glass and um same way i don't train for matches i just go to matches so it's yeah. it's training by volume and yeah that's great if you're if you're holding yourself to a certain standard like i want to get a zone hits all the time the speed will come the speed will come with proficiency in like baseline fundamentals and just getting your hits uh and we had the pleasure of making holsters for you yeah. <laughs> so that was cool awesome yeah we were introduced from the man of mystery from the uk we we <laughs> it's strange enough. I get introduced to you through a friend of mine and our distributor out of the UK. Um, yeah. The the UK cats, they go, they go pretty hard in Vegas. Yeah. Um, they go pretty hard. Yeah. So anything new going on in your life through this whole pandemic? I know that you said you're still shooting, but anything new that you can talk about that's going on?
1: Um, well, I, I just did a movie uh, where with Channing Tatum about, um, military, uh, dogs and, uh, and vets and, and, and the use of dogs to kind of, uh, deal with PTSD, um, which I think will be cool. I've no idea when it will come out because who knows these things anyways, in normal years when a movie will come out, but let alone like now when there are no movie theaters and, and so I, I think they'll probably hold off for a minute on releasing it, unless it just comes out on HBO or something. But I have no idea when that will be. But I just did that. Um, yeah, and and, and I, I've got my podcast, and I work out, and I train. And, and that's pretty much my life right now, trying to just um, have an existence. You know, I think it's always kind of been like this, especially living in a place with a lot of um, rigid, uh, legal structure. It's like, um, just navigating that and existing the way you want to exist, you know, um, and even more so now it becomes tricky. Like in fairness, I don't go out to eat at restaurants all that much. So that's not something I necessarily miss. I- I miss the idea that the people that enjoyed doing that aren't able to do it. And and I have a lot of friends in the restaurant industry and, um, I'm, I'm sad for them, but like, as far as my life goes, like, you know, if I'm going to leave my house for a long period of time, I'm probably going to go somewhere else outside of California, which is what I do now anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. Uh, I had a lot of friends lose restaurants here. It was, and the thing is, in New Hampshire, it was only a suggestion. It was like, okay. everything was suggestive here. And every, a lot of people took it very seriously and were like, oh, we can't open our doors. But a lot of restaurants were like, fuck that. Like, we're going to keep our doors open because we won't survive if we don't. So, um, you know, the people, it, it's there's such a range with fear in, in this whole thing. There's people that just don't really give a fuck. Uh, and then there's the people that are, truly fearful and um i feel bad for a lot of those companies i got a ppp loan because we applied for it we were a, an essential business and we applied for it before we even knew if we were going to be hurting or not because of it and we we used up the ppp loan for labor in the first like four weeks because we were so busy keeping up with demand we went up by 300 percent growth through covid Wow. Yeah. 300% oh, yeah. sales. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean,
1: that's gotta be, that's gotta be a wild thing. Isn't it kind of counterintuitive? Like, um, I mean, I guess not, maybe not so much with COVID and the amount of civil unrest that there was last year, but uh, you know, kind of like anti-gun administrations come in and like, it's just almost like a huge advertisement to
0: Buy guns oh it's wild it's it's absolutely wild plus like i mean a lot of people are trying to forget about it but like half of america was burning all summer so there was a lot of people like just in my area even though i live out in the woods there's people in my neighborhood that are like what happens if the riots come to us it's like that's never going to happen we live out in the middle of fucking nowhere but like there's again fear fear goes so deep Within people that even people that literally have, you know, 30 acres out in the middle of fucking nowhere, they think, oh, you know, a lynch mob is going to show up at their door. So, you know, and the fear goes both ways. And it's so polarizing, seeing everything in the news and everything that's going on and then reading like local news and being like, it's nothing like that. (laughs) Like, like. you know, we had a BLM rally here and the second the cops were like, hey, let's shake hands and everyone was happy, <laughs> you know, it right. just dissolved and nothing burned and everyone was cool and everyone felt acknowledged and I think that's the whole point of it. Um And, uh, you know, at least in New Hampshire, I mean, it was pretty mellow. We didn't have any problems and even in Boston, like Boston didn't get too bad. I think Boston had like one bad day.
1: And And do you think like, And, like, honestly, I don't know. I don't really watch the news. We don't have cable television in my house. So I'm, like, trying to cipher through shit I'm seeing on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, And then I do do read the Associated Press pretty regularly. But, like, from what I see, it's, like, uh, for the most part, it's small groups that – are getting out of hand and doing damaging stuff versus the the majority of the people. I also think it, it, this is all compounded. Everything is compounded from people being stuck inside for a year right. and, and restless. And like, and then you, they get angry about something and it's like, we're going to go out and sh- and show you that we're angry. And then there's like, I think within any group of people, you're going to have a small portion of it that's like, well, I'm going to throw a brick through that window and I'm going to set something on fire. And then I think that can spread. Um, The madness of crowds is is a real thing.
0: I mean, I grew up going to like hardcore shows in, in Boston and watching a crowd go from like moshing to a fight breaking out and then to an all out brawl. And just be like i don't know that person and fighting them like i remember being dumb and stupid back in the day and just getting into fights over dumb shit yeah. um but i yeah that mob mentality is a real thing you know and i mean even my parents my parents were like we need guns and they're like i grew up in like a not an anti-gun household like a you're not allowed to have guns in this house type household right um you know and my dad has a pistol and a shotgun and my mom has a pistol you, you know and they shoot right <laughs> but they like we won't talk politics but they're uh completely on the opposite spectrum as me um and it's funny because i was like looking at my spectrum i'm like man i fall under like libertarian anarchist like not anarchist in the sense that like i want government to fail but like why should I pay a tax on a tax for something that I, you know, I've already been, my money's already been taxed for. Like, why is this a real thing? You know, and I still pay my taxes. I'm an upstanding citizen, but it's just one of those things where you're just like, oh, I want to put a a French, a French sump in my back, you know, a gray water sump for my washing machine in the back. And why can't I do that? It's preserving my... (laughs) septic system yeah um and i'm on well water what does it matter uh just stuff like that um yeah for me i think that the
1: failure when i when i look at anything politically the failure for me comes in you know and and a lot of it is like when i hear like trust science and i and i just my immediate reaction to that is science doesn't have a value system there's no morals in science science will give you data and then you can make a judgment or 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 have a moral position based on that data but at the there is no moral in science science is what is and what isn't right and i think when i look at politics i see a lot of people coming from a position where they feel that their values are objectively true. And I go, no, none of that, a value cannot be objectively true because it's always going to be a perspective. It's always a point of view or an opinion. Right. Um, so when I look at people bickering about politics, every time it becomes, I just imagine people standing in line at Baskin Robbins arguing over flavors of ice cream and it's and it's like none of the there can be no truth and then we get into like you know the craziness of today where it's like somebody's going to tell you how like you know the vanilla beans were picked by people who are you know um, marginalized and this is a real problem so you can't eat vanilla ice cream because you're killing people and it's like i just like vanilla ice cream i don't like vanilla ice cream <laughs> <laughs> I would never choose vanilla ice cream. This is just for the, for the purpose of this analogy. And, and I just go like, if everybody recognized that what they wanted was just what they wanted, we'd be so much better off because we could have conversations that weren't trying to be presented as truth or fact. Right. You know what I mean? A fact is a fact. There's no morals behind a fact. Yeah, it just is. And so you say, well, I want this outcome. That's what you want. Fine. But you can't assume that that's what I want. Right. And you can't enforce that on me.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think a lot of people also have this ideology that their president has to be a hundred percent to their values and at the end of the day if a president hits like 50% of what you believe in you should be fucking stoked and we need more well-roundedness and the fact that people are literally fighting and beating each other in the street over who they want their master to be blows my fucking mind like yeah. I just am one of those people that like no matter everyone's like what are you going to do about gun legislation I'm like nothing are, are you going to turn to your guns no are you gonna turn in your mags? No. Um, well, what are you gonna do? Nothing. I'm literally gonna do nothing. I'm not gonna go online and talk about how I'm do. I'm not turning shit in or fuck this or fuck that, keep my mouth shut and I do nothing. Because at the end of the day the government is run by government employees and government employees do bare minimum. Like, that's a fact. <laughs> like, a government is not successful because they hire government employees. There's not, like, unless you're stabbing people in the back to climb the political ladder and you're just a government employee you're going to do the bare minimum till that clock strikes five and you can go home. So the government will never achieve what it says it's going to because it's run by government employees. So that's. Yeah,
1: I, I get so perplexed out here in California when my friends who I go to the shooting range with get so enraged about potential federal laws being passed. And I'm like, you guys, you live in California. <laughs> they're not even trying to impose what California is already imposing. Like, they're just talking about, like, an approximation federally of what you're already dealing with i don't understand why you're freaking out like you know for me there are always rules there's always been rules i don't like them i I, but what are you going to do at the end of the day i'm already in a place that has the strictest rules well it doesn't get more strict than where i'm at I can go shoot a gun at a shooting range. It's not nothing stopping me from doing that. Right. Um so I you know again to 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 what you're saying I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm just like you know is it my ideal? No. Am I going to fight about it? No. You know, I, there's always rules that I have to navigate. I'm navigating these rules. Are there going to be new rules one day? I'm sure. Are the rules going to change? I'm sure. I you know, but it's never going to I don't foresee it ever being a thing where my ideal, my value is imposed on everybody where it's like, figure out for yourself what is right and do that. If you mess with other people, be prepared to have something come back at you. You you know
0: what I mean? Right. And I, I spend a lot of time, trying to tell people like definitely call your legislators like you have to have a presence, go to your local state house, go to the hearings, um, you know, go to the petitions, sign petitions, show your presence, be respectful. Don't be an asshole. Don't belittle people, but just give your point of view and your fact and leave it up to facts. But honestly, like we're seeing a huge, we're, we're seeing what the weed industry did right now. And we're seeing it trying to translate into the firearm industry now. Uh, firearms, like everyone's trying to sanctuary states right now. I don't know if you've want like, at least kept up with like two A stuff, but there's like five states right now that are pushing, you know, constitutional concealed carry. Um, my state is pushing for a no fed state. So if a federal officer tries, like they want to make it like a non NFA state. So if you make a suppressor in New Hampshire, it can't leave New Hampshire, but you can legally manufacture and possess it. And if a fed tries to do something about it in the state, um, local, uh, local police can actually detain that detain and arrest and charge that federal officer. So, uh, and then there's like a 2A Preservation Act going through my state, like no anti-2A legislation or pro-2A legislation, um, or I think it's no anti-2A legislation, federal really or state level can, can get put in place. It'll be automatically vetoed. Uh, we don't have term limits for a governor here, uh, but uh, we do our votes every two years. And it's funny, everyone on the left here loves our, our Republican governor. Because he's been such a good governor across the board, uh, but I'm really excited. Like I, we got to do what the weed industry does, and you have to lobby and petition and grow on a state level. Because state rights, people forget, state rights supersede federal. <laughs> That's why weed is legal in states, and like the feds can come in and do their bullshit, but you can still do that in those states. So the yeah. same thing is going to happen with guns. That have to happen with guns is you're going to have these sanctuary states for guns. And, you know, there's a lot of people moving out of New Hampshire being like, oh, you're surrounded by anti-gun legislation. You got Massachusetts, you got people from New York coming up uh, for easy taxes, and they're going to make it a, a blue state. Well, it's always been pretty much a blue state, but it's been a pretty 50-50 split, give or take a percent. And there's so many people that move to New Hampshire because it's a beacon of hope for like laws like oh i can move to new hampshire and own whatever guns i want so even though you do have those people coming in and kind of shaking things up a little you still have a lot of people that are pro 2a coming into the state and also you know galvanizing that whole community as well so it's really interesting people forget a lot about states rights and how you can do a lot more on a state level route because dc's lost it's a cesspool (laughs) so i
1: i mean that yeah i can't I haven't been a fan of a politician in a long time. And then every politician where I was like, this guy seems pretty cool. I'm always disappointed. And, and I, I, I have a lot of faith in people and think for the most part, people are pretty, pretty good. Like I think the intentions of most people are are fairly sound. Um, And then it just all comes down to a, a difference in opinion of execution to, to achieve goals. Um, but I tend to find that politicians, and it might just be the system, I I I just go like I don't have so much. I don't have I don't give them as much faith as any other group. Like you could compile any other arbitrary group, and I would put politicians at the at the bottom.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. To become a politician, I feel like you have to be the lowest of the low. I feel like people go into politics with good intentions, and the system is just so backwards that everyone becomes corrupt by the end of it um anyway fuck politics aside so what what actually got you into shooting like how old were you what got you into it and then the progression to where, where you're at now
1: i i my dad would take me shooting as a kid um but like you know 40 years ago in California, you drive out to BLM land and you park your car and you shoot at the side of a mountain. And that was how you shot. Like that was what I grew up thinking. Like you set up a target and literally you're like wedging a piece of paper between two rocks and shooting down at it from a distance. And that was it. Um, And then there was like a huge gap in in my life where I just didn't shoot. And, uh, I was doing a move, uh, not a movie, a TV show called chance, uh, in 2016. And I was playing a character based on a real dude named Tom Kyer. Um, Tom Kyer's job in real life is training tier one dudes in edged weapons and tactics. And, uh, he, he runs a group called PSYOC tactical group. Um, and so he came out and like in the script, it just said, like, um, it it gave a very brief detail of this, of this guy and it was like martial arts and blah, blah, blah. And so I start doing like Muay Thai, which I had some experience with and and getting back into jujitsu while I'm preparing for this up in San Francisco. And, uh, and then, and then one of the producers is like, well, he does that, but he's really into, you know, this, this kind of um, structure of, of Kali called Psyok, which is all knife fighting. And I was like, how do I find this? So I'm looking for that in San Francisco and I can't find it. And then, And then I finally find this group of dudes who are out in a warehouse in Oakland and they're just right. training with blades. And it was awesome. And then Tom came out and I started training with him. And I had never shot a gun. And I had to shoot a gun in this show. And in rehearsal, he sees me and he's like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, Well, I have to shoot this guy. And he's like, Yeah what the fuck are you doing? That's not how you hold the pistol. What, who taught you how to do this? And I was like, dude, I haven't shot a gun since I was 10 years old, I don't know. What do you mean? That's not, it's a handgun. I'm shooting with hand. He was like, okay, let's call it a hands gun um, or something like that. We're going to use two hands. And I was like two hands on a pistol. What are you talking about? Like, I just didn't know shit. <laughs> um, and so in my uh you would do like two or three episodes and then get a a week or 10 days off so they could get ready for the next group of episodes and in my off time I would just go train with him and he would be doing courses um with uh ex-dev group dudes like this dude Bill Rapier who's a total stud and I've gone and trained with him in in Washington State and like all over the country and and Kyle DeFore and just like really solid dudes and i got introduced to them through tom and i trained with tom and i just kind of got into it and it was something i just enjoyed doing a lot you know and 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 it stuck with me to where i try to get as much training as possible throughout the year and and then covid hit and the training got weird for a minute and people weren't traveling at first but somehow USPSA was still opening. It was literally like the only group thing that was happening in California, in Southern California that I was aware of or at all interested in. And so that became my, my training. And now, you know, it's opened a little bit more and, and dudes are coming out and, and training's happening again. And, and I'm, I'm glad because quite frankly, um, I'll shoot less bullets in two days of training that i will at one uspsa match i mean god it go through a lot of bullets and um and they're just not easy to find right now yeah but not even
0: just that they're expensive they're just they just don't exist yeah wish you didn't live in california because <laughs> i can send you ammo but i can't to California.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no that's the other thing that, uh, a couple of years ago we got cut off because i was up until whatever year it stopped, I would just have everything shipped because even if you go into a store here, it was so much more expensive. But you could get a couple rounds shipped to you, right? Um, for for very little money.
0: Yeah. Um, How long have you been shooting USPSA now? Just just a year. Just a year. And I, ha- and I haven't since I
1: went back to work. I actually haven't shot a match in in a few months, but I, I was shooting every weekend.
0: Cool. Um, I do have a cool thing. So I have this little CO2 tank here, make sure it's tight and basically this red barrel in my Q5SF match is actually a CO2 chamber and you can charge it from the muzzle with this little CO2 tank and it fills the barrel with CO2 and then there's a little laser pointer somewhere around here. Knocked it off my desk. Well, it's got a threaded insert and you can put a little laser pointer that comes with it in there and every time the slide reciprocates it knocks the laser. There's a little button in there and the switch activates when you fire it. So if you're not running a red dot um, you'll be able to track your sights on a dot, but you pull the oh, trigger, wow. it blows a piston back. that gets slide locked. And you get full felt recoil or similar to full felt recoil and you can do your mag changes and um on a full charge i think you can get close to 30 good good dry fires out of it wow that is awesome it's called a cool fire trainer and um, they sent me one as a demo. Uh, we're actually going to be a dealer, a dealer for them pretty soon. I have to make place an order. Uh, so I'll have to find out if you're interested. Maybe I can get you one on, on the on the DL. Awesome yeah. from them. But yeah, that thing is it's awesome. I've just been dry firing around the house. It's not too loud. It's not. It doesn't. It's not pissing my wife off too much. You know, if I go up a floor or down a floor, you know, she <laughs> it doesn't really bother her. And um, yeah, these CO2 tanks are cool. You just, these are like the the drink mates, you know, to make like seltzer for yourself.
1: Water. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's that's it's a cool like little
1: a system. Changer. Yeah,
0: it you know, and you use your, your full weight gun, you get your full trigger press. The only thing you swap out is the barrel assembly, and it comes with a recoil spring that matches, you know, the mass of your slide. So right. you get full you get full recoil. So it's pretty it's pretty tight. Yeah, and um, I've just been finger blasting that around the house for the past couple months and um yeah i love it i love it but that is that's that's why with the ammo crisis going on right now we're like what are alternatives that we can do to help people stay on top of their game what can we provide so like last january 1st 2020 is the first time we started adding a lot of heavy retail items on our website That was just like holsters and shit. So last year, about 50% of our sales were actually retail items, apparel, all kinds of other stuff. So um, we're pretty stoked. We want to just keep offering more and more and more quality products that people can buy and celebrate themselves. Yeah. So that's one of them. They're expensive. I've got,
1: I've got, um, I'll show you this kind of shit. I've got that kind of shit taped up all over my house, literally every room. I go and that's taped up. Now I have four kids. They're they're all in school in different states. So when the house is empty, this stuff gets taped up around the house in every room and then my wife says the kids are coming home, get rid of it and it all goes away because you know, I can't be running around like that every day when the kids are here, but it's 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 something and that that looks like it would be A game changer to my dry fire practice
0: absolutely and i think i i I actually didn't spend much time looking at their like the the packet that came with it i just like threw the barrel in charged it up and started fucking around with it but i think it comes with like reflective targets or something i don't know if it works with the laser so you it leaves like a little it might be like a glowy target so like the laser hits it and you can see your impacts for a, a you know like a phospholuminescence or something like that Right. Um, I think they, it came with targets as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, even that, even the targets that you have with the laser insert into the barrel, uh, do you shoot irons or do you shoot optic? Optic. I have an RMR. Optic. So that's a thing. You'll see if that dot, you know, it's it, it's probably not useful because you already have an RMR. You already know how to track it. Um, but I, I'll have to look at those targets. But they might come with, like, glowy targets. But, yeah, it absolutely... I mean, dude, to get mag changes, instead yeah, of, like, awesome. pre-staging your slide, you can actually run, like, 1R1s. Um, you yeah, can't beat that. So, I'm pumped about it. Um, I'm actually going to shoot my first USPSA local match on Thursday night, I think. So, oh, Nice. I'm pretty pumped about that. This will be the gun I'm running. I want to... I'm trying to get the 4-inch model, so I can put the 4-inch slide on this gun and then put a compensator on it. And that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I want to build that into like a race gun, but um, so what do you shoot for? Uh, what are what is your firearm of choice? Glock 17. Glock 17. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have some 19s, but it's just a little bit too small for me. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you carry? No, it's California. You can't do that. I do not know if, uh, you know, you can just be like, I have some friends that have carry permits. I didn't know. I don't know what the stipulation is to get a carry permit in California. If- it,
1: it's not impossible in all of California. It is fairly impossible in Los Angeles County, which is where I live. Um, and I've tried numerous times to convince my wife to move out to a, a better County, but the counties that are better, aren't actually better They're So, uh, they're better for one reason alone. And she's like, no, I'm not going to move out there so you can get some permit. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, if you look at like, uh, San Bernardino County or Riverside County, or one of those counties, which has like 1 million people in it, they gave out like 5,000 permits in 2019 LA County, which has well over 10 million people gave out like 35. Jesus. Yeah. And, and that is like friends of politicians
0: who got those. Oh, Right those people yeah back to the p word right (laughs) uh you know what doesn't hurt don't kill them uh i'm also one of those people that might have carried in other places when i'm not supposed to but (laughs) i also don't care right i'm at that point where i'm just like whatever i have i actually have five concealed carry permits so i can carry in 43 states oh wow yeah um, I get all the local ones because everywhere around here, like Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, you have to have your in-state permit with them. And then Massachusetts, you got to renew every year. Uh, Utah is a great one to get. Utah gives you a shit ton of states. And then my New Hampshire permit already gets me like 26. Oh, wow. So the combination of those five, I can pretty much carry anywhere I want. Yeah. Other than California and New York, <laughs> right? But you know, you go upstate New York, you can carry a gun, uh, and no cops ever going to ask you if you have a gun on you alone. You know, up there, everyone fucking doesn't care. Upstate yeah. New York is the cool, like the most interesting place because they're so anti Long Island. Um, man, it just it just sucks. Did you do you have any rifles?
1: Uh, uh yeah, I have. Um... I have a a Mossberg shotgun, which is, which is fun to shoot with. And I like to bird, to to bird hunt. I've gone to Georgia a number of times to shoot quail. Oh, cool. Um, And uh, I've got a, I've got a scoped rifle, bolt action scoped rifle. And um, I have a, a, I have a mini 30 and a mini 14 that are like 25 years old and shoot like they were
0: bought yesterday. Those are the, that's like the best age for them too.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're properly, you know, seasoned and and broken in.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh you like the bird hunt. Well, if you're ever bored and it's the fall, October 1st to December 15th, we got grouse here in New Hampshire. We have um October 1st through the 14th or 15th of November, we have woodcock. Um I'm May 1st, I'm picking up my bird dog, so she will be 7 months old on birds for opening season, which will be oh, wow, perfect. Yeah. So, it'll be a good first mellow year for her. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, we have t- we have quail in New Hampshire. Um we have pheasant. They do they they stock pheasant in New Hampshire, but there's they stock so many that you can go out into the general areas that they stock even off stock days and still push birds up. So, uh, yeah, if you're ever bored and you want to shoot upland New Hampshire, you're more than welcome to come. Yeah. And it's right out of my backyard, too. Um, we just, yeah, that's awesome. We have uh, miles and miles of trails behind the house, and it's all huntable property back there. Because in New Hampshire, private land, as long as it's not posted, you can hunt on it. Oh, wow. So if someone owns it, it doesn't matter. As long as it's not posted and it's just general land, you can hunt on it. So we have all these ATV trails and snowmobile trails behind the house. And I've already scouted out all the grouse and woodcock covers, uh, that I'm going to hit in the fall with the dog. So I don't even have to leave the neighborhood to hunt birds here.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, March of last year, when there was the initial, like we're shutting shit down, we literally didn't leave my house for a couple of months and or not a couple of months. It was actually like four or five weeks, just because we didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if there was going to be a panic or what. And I had a freezer full of a pig that I'd gotten in Northern California, probably 40 pounds of quail and a bunch of elk that a buddy of mine had gotten in Oregon and, and we had that and rice and canned veggies. And that was what we, we, we were like in my house, just like, holy shit. I didn't realize we were preppers, but look at all this stuff we had. We don't have to go anywhere. It was great. And that's A lot of that food. needs to be replenished. Yeah.
0: Oh, and that dude, eating like game to table is if it, your body feels different. It's not like eating stuff that you bought at the supermarket. You feel different. Your gut biology is different. Every the way you process it is different. Not to sound gross, but your bowel movements are different. <laughs> it really is. It's like it's the strangest thing. Well, it's not the strangest thing. We know why, but there's no crap in it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, dude, I love eating wild game. It's it's bar none. Like I'll go hunt Kansas in November and I'll literally bring a carry-on cooler like a little soft rei cooler and i'll bring pheasants and quail back with me as a carry-on on the plane because you can do that yeah <laughs> freeze them the night before and just stick them in your bag before you get to the uh, airport and bring them home so um dude wild game is awesome i started hunting like four years now started nice. four three or four years ago and it was like kind of hit that like ceiling like kind of bored with all the tactical stuff like I can keep taking classes keep getting minutia level training and keep you know keep performing better as a shooter but what's gonna you know bring you up to that next notch and that's taking animals Um, you know whether it's hog hunting in Texas which really isn't hunting it's more like pest control (laughs) it's killing large rats yeah legitimately and that That to me Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't eat the runners. If they run and you tag them, too much adrenaline dump. But uh, if you get a good, like, one and done, uh, we'll, we'll strap it out and do that. Um, it's funny, my uncle Todd Huey, he's lone star boars on Instagram. And he would post videos of him shooting pigs on his YouTube account. And PETA would get on his ass for animal cruelty. So he registered a 503C called the turkey buzzard preservation society really and um basically he leaves the pigs carcasses out there and they're consumed by the buzzards the next day and he registered a legit nonprofit that benefits the birds right <laughs> so it's like we're rehabilitating the turkey buzzard population with an infestation of feral animals. So that is hilarious. So they can't fuck with him on his videos anymore. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, does he go on and talk about that's their mission?
0: I'm sure he does. I'm sure he just has like a baseline website. That's like, this is the mission and this is who we align ourselves with. And this is why or something like that. And right. it's just enough to keep the YouTube goons off of him. would be hilarious if he actually like partnered with PETA. Oh my god, that would be ridiculous. And at this point, they just want money. So, um, yeah. Have you ever done any bigger game hunting? I know you said you hunted a pig. Uh, so you got feral pigs up in Northern California,
1: huh? Yeah, and they have nothing down here. Um, I've gone, I've had tags for for bigger stuff. Some of the spots in Northern California, you go out in the summer, and like, dude, you see big animals all over the place. And you go like, shit, I'm coming back here in the fall to fill my freezer with meat. And then you go back in the fall and they're all gone. And you spend a couple of days going like, what the hell is happening here? And and so I've, I've not gotten anything bigger, but I'm also not like the best hunter. I, you know, I make a lot of noise. I, I, I try to get out. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not like Cameron Haynes going out 30 miles away from my camp. I don't even really love camping, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to go hike around for a few miles and get something and get it back. I don't know what would happen if I was 10 miles away from my car and I shot something big and had to drag it. Might, that might be a disaster. I mean, I'm ready to do it and I've tried. I just haven't gotten anything that big
0: yeah for real dude um same here i'm shot. I think bigger than pigs uh i did go on an idaho elk hunt last year and um it was cool i had a blast Uh, i learned a lot didn't shoot anything i shot a bunch of grouse um
1: but but uh, that sounds like something like where you've got dudes with pack animals and is that that what yeah yeah
0: see that this was like ten thousand foot so four modes of transportation to get there, you know, yeah. between flying, driving, boat and horse. Right. Uh, then we're up on, you know, and the, the fires were coming through. This was in November, early November. So the fire or September mid uh, for second week of September. So the fires were coming through. So the day that we're getting up on the mountain that had already been ravaged by a fire 20 years prior. So there's no life up there uh, because of the wind and the snow. Just nothing really took hold again you know, and seeing that fucking sun burning through the smoky, it felt like you were in hell and it was so dusty and dry. Um, And it was weird, you know, it was a little too warm still. There hadn't been a cold snap. So the elk weren't in like full rut yet. They were, um, they call them like bachelor, bachelor herds. So the males were still fucking around with each other, not really chasing tail and uh, probably would have on the first day we did 10 miles on a loop at like 85 degree inclines crossing about 4,000 pieces of deadfall. Like my hip flexors were so fucked up. I couldn't even lift my legs. I was just dragging my ass back to camp. Um, And it fucked me up and i didn't realize i had these super deep blisters i bought some mountaineering boots and i thought i broke them in didn't break them in right like such a an, oh, plus your heart rate dude heart rate up there while at rest while sleeping was like 87 beats a minute like and you're you're breathing smoke and we got the smoke, and um, we saw one, we called like six bulls that day, but nothing was getting close, and the wind was doing this, and they kept winding us and taking off, so we'd be like, it's right there behind that tree, and then the wind would change, and then we wouldn't hear anything, we pushed push through, and it was gone, and they're yeah. so quiet. Um One popped up out of nowhere while we were like pretty much getting ready to have lunch, and I didn't get to take a shot, and then this was one of those hunts that you had a bunch of other people on, and... Some hunters from Maine kind of fucked it up for us. Like one guy missed on like three different animals. They like wounded one, killed one, didn't mark it right. They had a guide that didn't, uh, a, 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 you know, greenhorn guide that didn't bring enough marking tape. Uh, they GPS location, but the head guide his GPS didn't like sync with it correctly. So for three days they were putting pack animals back and forth up that trail that all the bulls were herded up at together and spooked everything out of there. And then we had this like really bad cold front come in the second to last night and it pushed all the animals down. So we were like, fucked. (laughs) So, um, you know, thanks mainers for fucking it up for us. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It was the experience, you know, I didn't get to kill an elk in the Frank church wilderness, but I chased them (laughs) and chased wolves. And
1: I have done, I have done that, but not quite as elaborately, you know, I didn't have the pack animals, honestly, that sounds like what you did. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's my next step, you know, but I've spent a few days out there going, I saw stuff out here just a few months ago and now it's all gone. Yeah. Um, Which is probably just me being an idiot.
0: Dude, I learned a lot about walking. You know, my dog is trying to push underneath my desk. Uh, I learned a lot about walking, like just how to work around those, those environments and how to be a little bit quieter. Um, Yeah, it's wild though. Elk elk up there, they're not as big as like all the plains elk that you get down in the south. They you know, these elk have been pummeled by wolves, so the ones that survive are just super robust animals. I got a lot of buddies that are down in like, you know, Idaho near the plains and like Wyoming and shit, and you know, they shoot an elk once and it drops. Uh, yeah. these these elk up in frank church wilderness you got to shoot them like five or six times to, to to drop them uh which is pretty interesting but I, again the experience was awesome sleeping in a wall tent with a bunch of dudes um brought a lot of earplugs to not hear snoring but yeah you know it all night long you can hear animals pushing around the camp next day you'll see wolf shit and wolf tracks around your camp and uh, spooky with the with the smoke and stuff but it was an experience. Um, and that's a lot of things. A lot of people don't realize hunting is mostly the experience. Um, bird hunting. It's all about the dogs. Yeah.
1: Well, about- I've, I've had the, I've had the opportunity to go with some really, really good dogs. And it is like, if, if you're just walking around on your own, I I wouldn't have shot anything, but like we had some, some exquisite dogs and I mean, it was just like, it was insane. To be honest with you, how 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 perfect they were at spotting the birds, flushing the birds, retrieving the birds.
0: Yeah, and you were doing weight quail down there. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and then that's what it comes down to dog species, dude. I hunted over a bunch of different dogs, and uh, it was kind of nice because I knew that I wanted a pointer. Um, like, so I'm I'm getting a Deutsch Kudzhar, which is. German short hair in German, but it's a little bit different than the GSPs that you get here in the States. They're a lot darker. They're like chocolatey and gray ticked and stuff like that. Um, but they're great dogs. They're pointers. You can teach them to retrieve. Um, and I just, I hunted over probably six or seven different breeds of dogs. And I was like, started researching into these and it turns out one of the best breeders in the country, the best breeder in the country is like 10 minutes from my house. <laughs> oh wow and uh we've met a few times um he shoots he shoots uspsa and uh, he's an older guy but he shoots three gun uspsa and all kinds of stuff and he's like i think he's like only the only like non-german to ever win german awards of excellence for his dogs in germany so uh super cool dude i can't wait (laughs) yeah that's awesome but um uh, what kind of dogs are you hunting over I, to be honest with you, I don't even know. <laughs> I have no
1: idea. They, they, they were dogs that would, would like, we would start walking, they would run in circles. And then as soon as one stopped, it was
0: like a statue. So I, I mean, I don't know. They were just good dogs. Yeah. And down in Georgia, there's probably a lot of dudes trading dogs like, Oh, I got a breed. You want to see a lot of mix and match. Um, that's super cool dude uh, and, and for anyone that hasn't hunted quail quail are fucking hard to shoot yeah they're <laughs> tiny they're birds they are rocket ships too though they fucking yeah. move. and uh, did you get spooked by any coveys going off in front of you yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah
1: and I've done that just in my life just walking where you walk up on a bush and it explodes and it's like holy shit I, I just got killed if that was a bad guy thank <laughs> god it was a bunch of birds you know <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you have a few quail species, and like around Los Angeles and outside the outside the city, um, California quail are beautiful. Yeah. If you ever want to shoot California quail, I can introduce you to someone over at ISS Props. He does a lot of Cali quail hunting. Okay. Um, super good dude. He's a he's the manager over there, so it's cool. Um, so. I know that things are starting to loosen up in California. I know that you're short on ammo, but do you have any goals for yourself in the shooting community for 2021 going into 2022?
1: Well, I hope to get back to some of the courses with my friends that, you know, I missed out on last year that I, that I think are, are up and running again, you know, and, and I like, I like to travel a little bit, um, If it's a, if it's a drive that's within a day or a day and a half, I love that. So, uh, you know, hopefully just get back to training. I'm a real big fan of training And, and, you know, as far as, um, guns go, like, I think the, the, the biggest donations I've made like charitable donations in the past few years have all been to groups that do gun education and safety courses, you know, because there are so many guns in America. There just are. There's a lot of guns in America. And I never had a course in in safety as a kid. I didn't really like I was surprised as an adult when I went with Tom Kyer to train with firearms. The first thing he did was like, we're going to go over gun safety a lot. We're going to like reinforce these rules and these principles. And this is what we're going to talk about for a long time. And I was like, well, I'm an adult and I I get the importance of this, but if some 18 year old kid is buying a gun with no training at all, I think that that is something, you know, that I think is a, a valuable thing to give." And There are groups that are doing that for free. So that's kind of where I kind of, um, like to put my my efforts into that training.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I live in a state where an 18-year-old can go buy an AK, 100-round drum and 10,000 rounds of ammo. Uh we've never had any problems with it. I think we're from a state that has a lot of gun culture. I think 50 or 60% of the occupants own guns. 33% of our state carries guns. Um you know, we are are are, you know, the younger generation is lucky. They have a lot of tools like YouTube and stuff. You can learn a lot about guns and gun safety prior to even choosing a firearm. Um, but yes, everyone needs formal training in in person, formal hands on training. There's only so much you can learn from the Internet uh, without application. And, um, you know, hearing some of the stories of consequences of or of firearm safety really puts the fear of God into your, your mind. Uh, when when using a firearm so that's awesome and thank you for donating to those educational programs um yeah so you uh you have your own amazing podcast you had um you had a buddy of mine byron rogers on there yeah he's great you should have him on here i i was thinking of uh, asking him to hop on here at some point he's a he's an awesome dude i met him at shot show probably five or six years ago i shoot usbsa with him that's awesome. Small world. Um, yeah. so yeah, man, uh, talk about your podcast. Um, it's a pretty awesome podcast.
1: Yeah. I you know, this, this is, this is one of the, the things that I, I like to talk about. Um, I've undergone a big, uh, lifestyle change and weight dramatic weight loss and, and I'm pretty healthy now. Um, and the, the wonderful thing about uh, kind of different dietary ideas is I think of them as being an analogy to anything in life. And I'm really interested in what people have to say. The, the great thing about talking about diets is at the end of the day, there's no military backing up a diet. So like you can come on and talk about veganism. I'm going to be very interested. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do it because nobody's going to force me to do it at the end of the day. So this is a great way to talk about like, just, you know, at the end of the day, I think that I welcome a lot of diverse ideas. I think that we're better off when we have tons of ideas being thrown at us and we can take them and figure out if they work for us and, and, and apply them and and if they don't we can get rid of them you know what i mean so that's primarily what i talk about because for me it really is just an analogy to how people live and and how they conduct themselves
0: yeah and everyone's different and not every diet will work the same for every person you found you know you you were telling me one time you've tried everything and you finally found the recipe that works for you to stay healthy and be healthy and And do that. And and some people, you know, I some people do well with veganism. You know, there's some absolute units of humans out there that eat all raw veg diets and it works for them. Um, but everyone do
1: you know who Kai Green is, the bodybuilder Kai Green?
0: I've heard of him, yeah.
1: Dude, he is a mass monster, he's a gigantic beast, and apparently he's vegan. And I go, like, I don't know how this is possible, but okay, if that's what you do, okay. I like eating meat I like eating meat but at the same time like there's like uh you know I think the the backlash to veganism is carnivore and I'm like you guys won't have like a bowl of rice or a couple pieces of bread with your meat like life is good you know (laughs) if you if you add a little bit of carbohydrates I think um but I get it like that's how you want to do it that's cool tell me about it I'm interested I want to hear about it you know Um, those are kind of the two extremes. And then in, in the middle, you have all versions and, and, um, of, of the way people eat. I think it's fascinating, dude, I've traveled the world. And the thing that I find most interesting about places is how people eat. I'm always interested in the food. What does it taste like? What are the cultures around, like how they break bread? You know, this to me is very interesting. So, um, and, and, you know, I think in America, uh, we are so wealthy that we now have like uh, a society of kings because, you know, a couple hundred years ago, who were the fat people? They were the rulers, you know, and now we have it to the place where, you know, it's become that we're arguing so much today about identity and like the actual physical necessities of survival are trivial to us. And, and that I think is fascinating too. You <laughs> yeah. know, It's all fascinating to me. I want to hear all these stories and, and I kind of get it through how people eat and choose to exercise. And I think it's also interesting that we're, we're at a place um, today where, we can be concerned about these things. How great is life if that's what we're concerned about? You know, we're concerned about losing weight, not about famine, but about like reducing our body fat percentage. These are all interesting topics to me.
0: Yeah, that's, it's, I think that's, we, we know more about the ocean and space and we know about our own bodies and how they work and what diets work. And, um, it is a super my wife went down that whole rabbit hole a, a while ago and I, I joined her. She went full vegan for a while. I went full vegan for a while. I felt okay. You know, I didn't feel like it changed my life. I lost some weight. I didn't I felt like I didn't have as much energy. I had energy, like I wasn't drinking coffee at the time either. Um, so I had the energy that I was like looking for, but there was something uh, and i think it was my body does crave protein like i do enjoy protein and i i enjoy carbohydrates um i carbs make my brain feel better like my brain functions my brain's very high functioning and if i don't have some substance of carbohydrate in my diet like i feel it in my brain (laughs) i just can't think straight it's like brain food essentially and um you know, it's I, I'm 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 lucky like if I treat my body like shit, I stay between like this fifteen pound range. Ever since I was twenty-three, I have been plus or minus fifteen pounds around two hundred and fifty pounds. People look at me like, you're 250 pounds? Like, yeah. But if I'm working out and taking care of myself and running, I'll go down to like 242. But I'll, I'll look good and feel good, but I can't like get past the 240 mark. It's impossible. I, I but I guess that's just my body. My body kind of found its range, and it, it's not, uh, you know, I get a little thicker in the winter time because it's fucking negative ten here all winter long. And you know, finding the motivation is is tough uh, in the winter time.
1: And if you're getting your body to produce what you want it to produce physically what difference does it make? Right, right. You know, that to me is also a valid factor where we have we have this push to say, like, being obese is healthy. Okay, that's not true. But if you got a guy whose job it is to play video games and, like, he likes eating pizza, who cares what his weight is? I don't care. It right. makes no difference to me how healthy somebody is. I'm envious of people who smoke cigarettes. I'm a sober person, and my wife made me quit smoking when our second to last daughter was born of 16 years ago. And she was just like, you know what? I'm pregnant. And that cigarette smells like shit. You don't get to smoke anymore. And, and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go nine months without a cigarette. And she was like, no, 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 you're done. So that was me. So I look at people who are smoking and I'm not thinking like, gosh, you're so unhealthy. I'm thinking like, that's pretty cool. You get to smoke. You know what I mean? Like these things are subjective again, health. We all get in cars, that's not a healthy thing to do. You know, you risk death getting into a car. We're talking about guns. Guns are dangerous things. We're, we're, you know, I, am sure it on the factor of like, as perfectly like utter longevity and the spectrum goes every single action we take risks, increases our risk. So at the end of the day, for me, health is like, we can argue about like the epitome of health and have guys telling us like, well, you can't eat lectins, which is like the skin of a cucumber. You can't, you know, you shouldn't eat pasteurized milk or dairy. It's got to be raw and this and that. And I'm just like, look, how do we get What we want out of our bodies. I'm getting what I want out of my body. So, you want to come into my house and tell me my diet bread is not healthy? Fuck yourself. I like (laughs) it. Don't feel like shit when I eat it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't give a shit if it's like adversely affecting me. If I'm not aware of that effect, I don't care.
0: I totally agree. I just bought a rowing machine, like a Nordic track. I love it. I can row different countries. Uh, I tape my cell phone to it if I want to just watch a show or something like that. I always loved rowing having muscle spasms right now i don't know why (laughs) Yeah. i haven't had muscle spasm like this since covid um but i'm trying to get back into it i'm trying to get my stamina up i'm not trying to be jacked i just want to like lean out a little bit and get better wind to myself shoot better um i'm a big dude prs gotta get to small positions um (laughs) my weight's never been a problem for getting i'm pretty flexible for a big dude some people like how the fuck did he just do that you know but um you know, I uh, I started taking, like, found a good balance of vitamins for me. You know, too many people are, like, ODing vitamins every day. They're like, oh, yeah. someone said I need this supplement. And then, you know, when you're pissing neon for 12 hours, like, that's not good for you either. Right. So, um, finding balance. Yeah.
1: My <laughs> wife is a, a vitamin junkie, and she's always trying to get me to take it. And I'm like, look, I don't notice anything they don't, I don't feel better. I don't sleep better. I'm not taking this shit. You can take it if you want, but most of the time we'll get like a bag full of vitamins and the pantry will be stocked with vitamins. And a few months later, it's still stocked with vitamins. They're, they're all still got a ton of vitamins in the bottle and they're like oxidizing and now we <laughs> And like, we got to buy another bag because these ones weren't taken. And it's like, you know, I'm sure there is a universe where you could be testing your blood once a month and looking for micronutrient deficiencies and like fixing every little problem. That's possible. I'm not trying to live forever. I'm just trying to enjoy my time here.
0: Yeah, stress, man. Stress is between stress and just you know cortisol. It, 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 I, I, that's one thing where I kind of got to my business to this point where like. I can do podcasts and interact with you and other people. And I kind of get to work on my own time now. I'm doing a lot more filming, uh, traveling a lot more, hunting a lot more. And finally like that stress levels going down and I, I feel so much different. And you know, same thing with the vitamins. I could take a multivitamin, but I eat super healthy. We eat a lot of raw veg and a lot of clean protein. And if you're not getting your daily out of your food, then you're not eating the right food. Uh, right. For yourself, so I it, very small minute adjustments with vitamins, and it, I I have some like GI stuff issues, and like vitamins actually h- helped a lot with that stress. Stress and vitamins kind of balanced me out there. Yeah, Um I'm not against vitamins. That's <laughs> that's literally
1: my wife's experience. She's like got GI shit, and she takes vitamins, and it doesn't happen. And I'm like, great, right. take more vitamins. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah, I, like to your point earlier whatever's working for you. Good. That's what works. You know what I mean? I think we fall into a trap where you have teams that are saying like, that's not the way. And i right. are like, well, it's the way for me.
0: Yeah. It's whatever works best for you. And the same thing comes with shooting. Like y- you might, people's hands are different. I grip a pistol different. You grip, you know, you grip your guns differently. It, it comes down to just like, get the correct training and then do what fits you best. So you perform the best. Yeah. And, um, I liked your perspective earlier. You said, you know, you apply this to everything. That's very sun Tzu of you. And, but that's people, that's the two things, man, perception and perspective. If people start looking at people's perceptions of things and perspective and keeping an open mind, we'd have a lot different society. Uh, two that's things good. I learned as a younger person, uh, you know, growing up in the corporate world of engineering and all that. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. I know that you're busy. I know that you got to get out of here soon. Um, but you 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 run the Glutton podcast, right? American Glutton. American Glutton. So that's your podcast. So if anyone wants to watch that, definitely tune in. He's got some great guests. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to close with? that's it thank you for the time i appreciate it dude it was awesome chatting with you really was you uh you were i watched you my whole childhood so it's kind of like super cool right now um my wife loved your performance in good girls (laughs) yes yeah that was a surprise hit that's a good show it's a good show man and when you popped up and i was like no shit So that's super cool, man. Well, um, I know you're busy. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being on the AR Design Unholstered podcast. Bro, thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. All right, dude. Have a good one. Later.